The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Bowl & Branch. Getting a great night's sleep is easier and more affordable than you think. Go to bowlandbranch.com today for $50 off your first set of sheets. Promo code BIGIDEA. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, April 23rd. In today's news, the DNC chair defends his lawsuit against the Trump campaign. The Supreme Court prepares to hear a challenge to the president's travel ban. And Mitt Romney hits a speed bump in Utah. But first, the big idea. Emmanuel Macron wants to be Donald Trump's buddy. Can it last? Get ready for Macron mania. The telegenic 40-year-old president of France is currently airborne en route to Washington for a three-day extravaganza of meetings, dinners, and speeches. French flags are flying all around downtown. This is the first official state visit since Trump took office in January 2017. Trump ended his first year without receiving a foreign leader on a state visit, making him the first president in a century to do so. The two presidents and their wives will have dinner tonight on the terrace at Mount Vernon overlooking the Potomac. Then, tomorrow night, there will be the state dinner. Only 150 people got invited. It's going to be way smaller and more intimate than any of Barack Obama's dinners where hundreds got invited. And in a notable break with protocol and tradition, the White House has invited no Democratic members of Congress. Obama routinely invited even some of his most vocal Republican critics from Capitol Hill. Then on Wednesday, Macron will address both chambers of Congress. He'll speak in English. Macron became France's youngest head of state since Napoleon when he took office last year after defeating Marine Le Pen. Knowing the president's affinity for Fox News, Macron gave Chris Wallace an exclusive interview in Paris that aired on Fox News Sunday. Continuing what's been a lot of flattery for the past year, he talked up their bond and friendship and special relationship. The two have gotten along very well because of Macron's willingness to suck up to Trump. At Macron's invitation, Trump flew to Paris last July to watch their annual Bastille Day parade, which inspired him to order the Pentagon to plan a similar military parade through the streets of Washington. But amidst all the news stories that are out there today about a bromance between these two leaders, the French president's agenda on his visit to Washington seems designed to put him at odds with POTUS. How? Here are four of Macron's goals that could complicate their chummy rapport. First, Macron is trying to stop Trump from pulling out of the Iranian nuclear deal. He's been the most outspoken proponent of the agreement, which France is a signatory of, and he's trying to persuade the president not to follow through with his threats to kill it. The U.S. decision deadline on what to do about the future of the nuclear deal is May 12th. Failure to work out a compromise could lead to the most significant transatlantic breach in decades. Macron's second goal is exempting Europe from Trump's tariffs. This past Thursday, Macron met with German Chancellor Angela Merkel in Berlin to discuss their shared concern about Trump's trade policies. They're particularly worried about the May 1st U.S. deadline for imposing tariffs on steel and aluminum imports. The European Union has prepared a proposal to be presented to Trump to head off the levies. Macron plans to make the case while he's in town that France is too good an ally to subject to the tariffs. Third, Macron wants to keep U.S. troops on the ground in Syria. Very soon after the U.S.-French-British joint attack on Syrian President Bashar al-Assad's chemical weapons facilities earlier this month, 
Macron went on French TV and he said that he has convinced Trump to keep U.S. forces in Syria for, quote, the long term. This is at odds with Trump, who has said publicly that he wants to get troops out very soon. On this visit, Macron is seeking reassurances that Trump won't follow through with his pledge for an early withdrawal of U.S. troops. Macron's fourth goal is saving the Paris Climate Accord. Minutes after Trump pulled out last year, Macron posted a video on Twitter in which he said in English, make our planet great again. It was a play on Trump's campaign slogan. As a symbolic representation of his desire for the U.S. to get more involved in environmental issues, the French president plans to give Trump an oak tree sapling from the site of one of the first World War I battles involving American troops, the Battle of Bella Wood. He's going to ask Trump to plant it in the White House garden. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, leaders from both parties grappled with the implication of the Russia investigation on the Sunday shows. On ABC's This Week, Democratic National Committee Chairman Tom Perez defended his lawsuit against the Russian government, the Trump campaign, and WikiLeaks, which was filed on Friday. He said the lawsuit was filed out of concern that Russia will try to interfere in the midterms. He also hopes that the discovery process from the suit will bring new information to public light about potential connections between the Trump campaign and WikiLeaks. On Meet the Press, host Chuck Todd pressed Perez about how much this lawsuit is going to cost, which is a concern for Democrats in some cash-starved states. You didn't answer. How much money is this lawsuit going to take this year? Millions? I don't know. I don't know the uh, amount of money that it will take, but I'll tell you, it's hard to put a price tag on preserving democracy. White House Legislative Affairs Director Mark Short was also on Meet the Press. He declined to rule out the possibility that Trump will fire special counsel Bob Mueller or Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. Number two. On Wednesday, the Supreme Court plans to hear a challenge to the third iteration of Trump's travel ban. A major issue for the court is separating the president from this president. Legal experts say that if the president's comments and tweets were not a factor, this court would very likely extend the same deference to the executive branch as it has in the past on immigration issues. But Hawaii, which is leading the challenge of Trump's ban, cites Trump's campaign comments, including his call for a Muslim ban, in its brief. They also highlight three times that Trump retweeted anti-Muslim propaganda videos. They're making the case that the ban is unconstitutional because it is designed to be discriminatory against Muslims. The high court will also consider whether the judiciary even has the authority to, quote, look behind the face of an immigration proclamation to examine its motives. Number three. Mitt Romney hit an embarrassing speed bump on his drive to the Senate over the weekend, though he remains the heavy favorite to win in Utah. Delegates at the GOP state convention denied Romney their nomination, forcing him to compete in a primary in June. Adding insult to injury, an unknown three-term state representative who entered the race just a few weeks ago edged out Romney 51% to 49%. To secure the endorsement at the convention, you need to get 60%. The delegate's rebuff was a setback that underscored how much work Romney still has to do. His challenger has portrayed him as an establishment interloper, even a carpetbagger. It's an attack that resonated with some Republican delegates. The bigger hurdle, though, for Romney is his well-stated criticism of Trump and his shifting opinions on whether he supports the president. He's basically stopped criticizing Trump 
in order to secure the nomination. These conventions are always dominated by very conservative activists, so this wasn't necessarily hugely surprising. There's a recent history of establishment figures losing at the convention but then winning the primary. It happened to Orrin Hatch, the retiring senator who Romney is trying to replace six years ago. And Romney should be fine in the general election. In 2012, when he ran for president, he got almost 75% of the vote in Utah. And that's The Daily 202 for Monday, April 23rd. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.